You're listening to The Above the Mug Show, a podcast that highlights people whose passions drive their life. My name is Lucas Spinoza, and I own a coffee shop. Every day I meet dozens of interesting people, and today I sit down with one of them to inspire you to live your life passion forward. What is going on, everybody? It's your friend Lucas Spinoza coming at you from my office out of the Black Sheep Lounge right here in the beautiful heart of downtown Welland, Ontario. You're listening to Above the Mug, a podcast that highlights positive people, and we're here to show you how to live your passions forward in your life. I didn't say that right, but we're going to roll with it. <laughs> Today, I'm joined by the owners of Martindale Kennels and Grooming, Renee Morrow and Leah Cote. How are you guys doing? Good, thanks. How are you? Very well, thank you. Awesome, thank you. I didn't want to cut off your sister. So I guess that's a cool place to start because until like 15 minutes ago, I had no idea you were sisters. Now that you said it, I can kind of see it in this upper portion of you your face. You can see it, really? A little bit, just just the eyes. Uh, but that's really cool. So I have a brother. He's also an entrepreneur. Um, we aren't in business together, so maybe that's a cool place to start. What is it like working as sisters who are co-owners? It is absolutely a dream come true. Uh, I think over the years, we've always ended up at jobs together somehow. So, you know, now owning this business, it's really just seemed to come full circle. So we always knew we could work with each other. We were absolutely best friends. We've been that way our whole lives. We're a year and a half apart. So, you know, we're very, very close. And yeah, to be in business is is amazing. That's awesome. Um, how long have you guys actually let's let's wind back Martindale Kennels. St. Catharines? Yes. How long have you been open for? So the kennel itself has been running for well over 20 years. Mm -hmm. It used to be a humane society back in the day. So uh, it's uh, it's been very successful, long-time running business. So how long have you guys had it for? We took over August of 2018. So it's a pretty fresh venture. Yes, how, yes. Do you both do grooming? I do most of the grooming. You know, Leah, this is why we're such a good compliment for each other is because I'm more hands-on with the dogs and I'm I'm getting into grooming and nail trimming and stuff like that. Where Leah's more, you know, she does office stuff, HR stuff, things that I want nothing to do with, to mm -hmm. be quite honest. She does all that stuff, all the, the book work and, you know, account stuff. I, I don't want to look at that stuff. I just, I want to be with the dogs. Leah takes care of the other kind of stuff, the office stuff. Cool. Leah, I'm going to ask you some questions here because I know you're going to be hesitant to pull that mic towards you. <laughs> I can let Renee talk all day. <laughs> that's awesome. So that's a really cool compliment that the two of you have together because obviously uh, different skill sets, they come together and they work in harmony to make a, a really great experience for your clients, right? Um, so how did you decide you wanted to do that? Was this something that you decided together? We want to buy this place and continue the legacy they have in St. Catharines. Um, and this is the job I want to do. This is the job you should do. Or is it something you figured out after you got started? Well, we, I would say we got lucky. Mm -hmm. Um, we both worked at the casino before mm -hmm. and had always had talked about opening a dog training business because Renee's first you know, involvement with dogs was dog training. Um, so it wasn't as easy to leave the casino with that job. So we needed something that was more sustainable, right? Mm -hmm. So when this fell into our lap, it was, you know, unbelievable to us. So um, the, the previous owner um, had contacted somebody she worked with. She didn't want the business. She referred Renee. 
Renee started with uh, Liz was her name. She uh, worked for a couple months. Then I came on board. I was there for about two months and then Liz retired. So um, it all kind of fell into place for us. That's really cool. Um, I think the the reason I get I'm excited about this because I'm, I'm learning as I go. I'm not a huge animal person, full disclosure, not nothing against animals. I'm just I, I I'm a really high maintenance person myself. So having another high maintenance thing in my life is is difficult. But um, anyway, uh, the point of this podcast is to show people what's possible, right? Like if you're someone who has a passion, it doesn't matter where, what stage you are in your life, you know, what your age, uh, the amount of money that you have available to you, your circumstances, whatever it is, you know, if you follow your passions, if you work hard, eventually things are going to, are, are going to open up for you. Right. And so I think this is a perfect example because the casino for people who aren't familiar is in Niagara Falls. Uh, there's two of them. Uh, they're both owned by the same people. Um, but the, the thing about the casino is it's such a hard job to leave mm-hmm. because they make it so good from a paper standpoint saying, Hey, you know, the wages above normal. Um, the, it's not the easiest place in the world to work. I won't speak for you, but it is, it's a tough place because you've got people from all over the world. You've got people with obviously that struggle with gambling addictions and whatever, but benefits are great. You get your sick days, you get your days off, your loo days, all these things, right? So to leave something that comfortable and stable to chase a dream, I think you two are perfectly highlighting that for our listeners, which is, hey, you can leave something like this and then become successful in what you enjoy doing. So kudos to you for doing that. We are very fortunate with the people around us, our family, our staff, um, without them, we I probably wouldn't have felt as comfortable leaving such a secure job at the casino. Mm-hmm. So the people around us really absolutely made this happen for us as well. And speaking about, you know, passion and, you know, I can picture myself, a teenager, and talking about one day I'm going to own a dog rehabilitation center. And for us, really, I mean, we haven't touched upon the volunteering and, you know, what we do, but... We're partnered with Niagara Dog Rescue, and it's now, in essence, what we do. We help get dogs into forever homes, into foster homes. Mm -hmm. So I feel like I I manifested this, and, you know, I just really, I can picture myself going into work at the casino and going in and and liking my job, but not loving it. It wasn't my passion. I was good at it. I did it well. I knew it well, but it wasn't what, like, spoke to me. So I always did volunteer work. I started with Niagara Falls Humane Society and I started helping with the dog walkers. I started fostering dogs. So bringing dogs home that had absolutely no chance of being adopted and rehabilitate them and get them into forever homes. And, you know, from there I moved on to Pomeranian and small breed rescue. So if any fosters were having any problems with some of their dogs, I would, I would talk to people over the phone, go to people's homes, just help them getting these dogs set up for success in order to get moved on into a forever home. So now being partnered with Niagara Dog Rescue, this is a place where if they don't have a foster or an adopter set up, then we take them in. You know, a lot of people think, oh, these poor dogs are living in a kennel, but really we are so unique and I'm really so proud of being affiliated with someone like Niagara Dog Rescue and what we do as well. 
there was a whole team of dog walkers that come in and take these dogs out for day dates, for walks and different things. And, and we train them and we work with them and, and we try to, to get to know the dogs in order to figure out exactly is where the best place for them to be. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, because we want the success rate. We don't want them getting returned, you know? So, so having that part of our business now is it, it literally blows my mind on a daily basis. I'm not going to lie because like I said, from a kid, I have thought about, owning a place like this where we can, we can help, help dogs. And so we do grooming, we do boarding, um, you know, we do training and, and to be able to help out the rescue dogs is that's the icing on the cake. Exactly. Yeah. That's awesome. So on the kennel portion of that, you said boarding, um, you, are you speaking more on like if someone's going on vacation, they call you, they can keep their dog there for a week. You feed them, walk them, that kind of thing. Absolutely. Yes. So, um, vacations and you know what, sometimes, um, you know, people that are going in for surgeries and things and they don't have anywhere for their, their pets to go. Um, you know, we take those dogs in people, we've had dogs for day stays and we've had dogs for months at a time. Mm -hmm. So it all depends on the owner, um, and, and what their needs are. Yeah, it's nice to have a place, obviously, for an animal that they know they're going to get proper care, but also that the people looking after them love the dog too, right? Yes. Because I know oh, there's yeah. a lot of places that are basically like um, like hostels for dogs where it's just stacked on stacked on stacked and yeah. they just yeah. stay there until it's time to leave, right? So yeah. it's nice that you guys provide something more um, loving. Yeah, and, and that's really what it's about too. It's about... Um, you know, I, I often refer to us as like a compassionate kennel and we're, we're compassionate groomers because at the end of the day, you know, I, I want to treat these dogs like my own dog and I, I want them to feel loved and, and secure and safe and mm-hmm. all that good stuff. So no, it's great. Um, it's funny, like as you started talking, I ha- had this thought about, um, central and South America. So I spent some time, twice I went to uh, South America, Central America, Nicaragua and Honduras. So this past winter, uh, myself, my girlfriend and our friend Waylon, who works out front, he's there today, mm-hmm. um, we went to Honduras together. And before that, I was in Nicaragua the year before that. And the way animals are looked at in different cultures is so different, right? Yeah. So it's interesting to see like in... Central and South America, they absolutely love dogs. They love dogs, uh, but they're everywhere. You know yeah. I mean? Like there's, I, I find you don't have a stray dog problem in, I won't say all of Canada because I haven't seen all of Canada, but you don't have that here anyway, at least in Southern Ontario, you're not seeing dogs on the side of the street. And so it's a testament to people like yourselves that, you know, are, are working in this field because it's not an easy field. And ultimately there are going to be some dogs that just, aren't going to make it to a home. And so it's nice to know that for the re- the remainder of their life, they have someone looking after them that cares yeah. for them. Right. Yeah. Cause a, a lot of other countries, they just, they're on the street and they right. stay on the street until they die. And right. it's uh it's really not, not so much sad because from our perspective, yes, it's sad, but that's a reality to them. And so it's, it's interesting to see the contrast between cultures. Have you experienced any of that here? Like uh, having p- maybe people from other countries expecting different things. And it, I'm saying this in a positive, it's not out of criticism. It's just, I find it interesting because even like my Nono and Nona, they don't want dogs in their house. It's Italian, right? Like we don't want a dog in our house. So they, they never had a dog. And so my dad never had dogs growing up, uh, but he did, as soon as he moved out, the first thing he did was buy a dog and he that would became part of his Canadian uh, upbringing. Right. Um, we... You're right. Like in Canada, you see a dog on the street, everybody stops their car, everybody's like, you know, call the Humane Society, it's on Facebook. Yeah. 
those countries, it's a different reality, right? Mm-hmm. We have a customer who, my first dog is a rescue from Texas. She was a street dog, a wonderful woman that rescues dogs in Texas, found her, kept her for a month, and she sent her here, and I ended up with her. Uh, luckily, my second dog, same thing, Costa Rica. Uh, one of our customers was vacationing there, found her and her sister in a ditch. Um, unfortunately, the sister didn't make it, but she sent Jolene to us. So. You know what Jolene. I mean? Yeah. Sorry. Well, I have Dolly Parton as our first dog and Jolene is the second That's dog. That's awesome. Yes. Um, but the life she has now compared to the life she would have had, totally different. But I mean, I don't judge those other countries. They don't have some of the luxuries we do. But uh, luckily, there's a lot of people. Niagara Dog Rescue deals with these dogs from southern United States and other countries where they're not as fortunate. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's one, uh, just another reason why we love working with them because of the work they do for these dogs. Amazing. So yeah. you guys are pros in this. And I, I always appreciate talking to people who uh, f- understand greatly the responsibilities of their profession, right? You understand what your boundaries are. You understand what you're capable of. Um, what do you believe is the biggest challenge as professionals in this world facing, um, I guess, the safety and humanity of pets. Because, I mean, I've heard from different people that, you know, there's overbreeding and, you know, there's the wrong types of pet stores selling animals. What do you think the biggest thing is, at least in a Canadian perspective, for uh, overbreeding? What's the biggest problem? Is it, you know, not having pet, like the whole Bob Barker spade and neuter thing? Or uh, is it more so people not wanting their pets and dumping them? I think, I mean, Renee might have a different perspective, but I think it's money. I think people get greedy, mm-hmm. and I think these puppy mills are just ridiculous. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, actually, Renee has a rescue. Um, she's been with her for about 11 years. She was a rescue out of Louisiana. Um, there was 15 of them. Lacey and her sister were the only two that did not have heartworm. Heartworm is a very expensive thing to treat. Mm-hmm. So 13 other dogs, God knows what happened to them. So here, yeah, like I, I would say that's one challenge. I don't know if you... No, I would, I would say the same. You know, I think it's just um, irresponsible breeding, mm-hmm. you know, and, and just getting into it for the money and not realizing that, you know, these are animals that you're dealing with and they have feelings and emotions. And, you know, to me, caring for that and making sure that that is intact is number one, and it always should be. And I think sometimes people can lose sight of that. And, and as sad as it is, you know, that's why we do the work that we do because we try to help out these dogs that are, that are less fortunate and, and make sure that they end up in a stable, loving home as well. Sure. Um, you said something that had made me think of something talking about breeding. Okay. That's what it was. You mentioned the, the heartworm and how expensive that is. And the, and the price thing had now triggered something else, uh, another question from me, which is, do you believe that there's enough education for people selling or uh, adopting out dogs to potential or future dog owners? Uh, I At least from my point of view, I see people my age, you know, that are in their early to mid twenties and they're getting started on their adult life. And now maybe they're getting an apartment. They're moving in with their boyfriend or girlfriend. Um, and the first thing they want to do is get a dog or a cat or something like that. 
And I don't think they understand sometimes how expensive it is if something goes wrong. And it's not every dog's going to have a severe issue. You may have a dog for 15 years and never have a problem. Mm -hmm. uh, but, you know, a lot of my friends, you know, the dog may step in glass or they may eat something off the floor they shouldn't have. And now something like that may turn into, you know, a thousand dollars at the vet. So I think maybe proper education um, for people who are adopting or, or buying a dog need to understand some of the risks involved also, because I think a lot of the time we're so excited that a dog's going to get adopted to get it out of the door mm -hmm. um, that we're not giving people the tools they need to be successful as, as a dog owner. Does that sound like it's on the mark? Or? Yeah, I mean, I think you're, you're right on the mark. I don't actually think there is that that education out there. I do have a lot of conversations, you know, about preventatives and things like that. Um, blood tests, checking for heartworm, um, you know, making sure a lot of people don't know that their their dogs can be susceptible to some of these kinds of um, diseases and they can viruses. Have allergies. And yes. Oh, yes. A hundred percent. Which is the weirdest thing. I just heard that last week. Yes. Someone's like, "Yeah, my dog's allergic to pollen." I'm like, "What do you mean? Yes. What do you mean yeah. your dog's There's allergic? actually prescriptions from the vet for yeah. you know dogs with allergies, and I mean, look at all the different foods out on the market now. Yeah. You know, it's it's just a plethora of you know. I go into the the dog food store. I'm overwhelmed sometimes. Like, okay, now we're talking organic. We're talking grain free and all this. You know. So there's a lot out there, you know. So, yeah, definitely do your research. You know, ask the people that have the information. Talk to your vets, you know. And, and really, it is such an expense. But if, um, if you're willing to take that on, then you're going to have a healthy pet because you have to go for annual vaccines. You know, you have to, like I said, these preventative heartworm treatments and different things like that. And, yeah, they're a little pricey. You know, mm. the, the bigger the dog, the more expensive it's going to be. But, um, you know, once you get it taken care of, you know that you're going to have a healthy pet. So that's what, what is was most important. I think, too, people need to do their research on what breed they mm -hmm. get. A lot of people, you know, get a golden doodle because they're cute and don't realize how much energy they have. Yeah. Um, <laughs> get, a, get a dog when they live in an apartment with no backyard. And, you know, so just do your research and... I mean, when you find yourself in, in a position where, you know, you don't know how to control the dog, that's where people like my sister come in handy because they, you know, she gives you the tools on how to train them and stuff. But I would say that's, in, that's just as important, you know, because a lot of people end up, these dogs end up at the pound. And even if it's a rescue pet, we're not we're not just talking about purebreds. You know, if it's a rescue pet, then you know, talk to the the rescue and and find out information. And are they good with kids? You know, are they good with other pets? Like these are questions that everybody should be asking. If you're thinking this is a family member you're bringing into your home, so you want to make sure that family member is not going to throw off the d dynamic of the rest of the family. You want to make it a nice, smooth transition and bring that pet into the home comfortably. So definitely do your research. For sure, I think that's uh, great points from both of you. Um, obviously as, uh, people who can see me can understand why I may be into some of the stranger pets. Like I have rats now, my girlfriend and I have rat, one rat each. Um, they are not necessarily high maintenance, but they're definitely not low maintenance. And people think, well, a rat's a rat. Um, but it's not that way. These guys, their number one cause of death is depression. Um, so, you know, having a buddy is very important. Uh, and if, you, you should be playing with them anyway every day or at least uh, interacting with them. Definitely. But if you're not, uh, if you only have one rat, you know, you need to be taking it out multiple times a day. And people don't understand that. Like, I find dogs and cats don't get treated like every other pet you can have because I've had snakes. My brother's had um, 
lizards and things like that. I had a tarantula at one point, and those are more exotic. So the pet stores or the breeder that you go to is very like, hey, you know, a snake is not an everyday pet. I mean, if you're going to have a snake, you really have to understand what you're doing. You need to understand about temperatures and heat lamps. You need to understand about bedding. You need to understand about, you know, are you going to do live or frozen bait? Are you, you know, what type of snake, if they're, whether they strangle or if they strike, you know, like all these different things. And they make sure you understand it before they allow you to even purchase this or adopt that animal. Mm -hmm. Right. So I think moving forward, this might be something to look at. I I don't know if it's a government thing where they need to start putting in regulations so that before something can be adopted, you know, there's a checklist that is standard. Every breeder, every, every seller um, has this standard sheet from the government that makes sure these are checked off, making sure the people adopting have the funds available to care for them if something goes wrong. Cause Mm -hmm. I know that happens a a lot. Usually low income people love having uh, animals and they're the first people that can't take care of them, right? Mm-hmm. Because they don't have a thousand dollars to, yeah. you know, f- fix the dog. And that's when you see them either being abandoned or left outside of shelters. And it's just, uh, it's sad. So mm-hmm. I think, uh, being preventative is important. Definitely. Um, something I had a thought when you guys were talking earlier, I don't know who can answer this or if you even have an opinion on it. Uh, there used to be a store here in Welland and I won't mention the store because I don't know what your reaction is going to be to it. Uh, but they, their thing was, you know, uh, raw dog food, right? And they said it was a big pusher, like don't use bag dog food, raw's the way to go. Do you have any thoughts on, are there, obviously there's going to be pros and cons, but do you know necessarily what the pros and cons to having raw food as opposed to uh, grain or corn or whatever they're using? Well, to be honest, it's frustrating when it comes to dog food um, because I... I did have my dog on raw. Um, I took her off because I got the puppy. You're not supposed to uh, to have a puppy grow up on the first year of their life. They shouldn't be on raw uh, for development reasons. Mm-hmm. So I've switched. But um, it's frustrating to know what to trust. You go into the pet store, you see all the fancy packages and all the fancy ingredients, and not necessarily all of them are good for dogs. Uh, raw, I do believe, is good for dogs. Renee has since put her dogs on raw. Um, I might put them back on raw once Jolene's over a year old. Um, but yeah, absolutely. We, we support it. It's, um, it's, that's the thing. The, when I spoke to my vet, um, they said, you know, some of these brands of kibble, they can provide the data. They can provide the testing to show what their food does. Uh, right now there's no data on raw food. Uh, but in the end it's meat. Yep. It's raw meat. And but the, with, there probably will never be, um, standard uh data coming from raw unless there's a brand because obviously these big brands are paying for these studies to to in parentheses so people who can't see me i'm doing the finger quotes <laughs> so that they can prove that their yeah. um their food is healthy where you know obviously if you're just buying you know raw food from a store there's not going to be anything that gives you pros and cons on it so well and i think you know raw hasn't been around that long but i think that's one thing that they should do because That's the first thing the vets are going to tell you. There's no data. Uh, The vets aren't very supportive of raw uh, in our experience. So really it's the the owner's decision. But um, I think it would be good for the raw food industry to provide those tests to kind Mm -hmm. of counteract that attitude about it. Well, I agree. I think, uh, I mean, if you go back far enough, dogs or wolves, wolves never had dog food in bags. There's no Kirkland wolf blend, you know, (laughs) they they just ate animals, right? Right. Raw. Like, and and it wasn't done in a sterile facility. They bit into something and ate it. Right. You know, I think 
obviously you can't treat a dog like a wolf because they are now genetically very different creatures. Yes. They come from the same place, but they, they can't be treated the same, obviously. Yes. Um, but you can see that it's not far off that dogs can obviously handle having raw food in their diet. Genetically, they were meant to do that uh, from their ancestors. Yeah. And this is like very recent. Dogs have been around for a while, but I mean, less than a thousand years. Yeah. Right before it's crazy how fast, especially some breeds are just being made in test tubes. Right, right, right. It's crazy. Yeah, yeah. It crazy. I mean, it's exciting and it's interesting as you know from a human standpoint to see how far we've been able to take technology. But it's interesting to see how far and twisted it can get. Well, and the raw food companies are really good at providing uh, supplements in the food as well, or mm. advising you on what to add to the food. You know, for what they're not getting from the meat, they're getting from these supplements. So um, I'm I'm impressed with it. Like I say, I hope to go back to it when Jolene's a bit older. But um, and it's some people say it's expensive, but I I think it's worse. Yeah, it's it's probably comparable to kibble if you're buying a good brand of kibble. Uh, so. And it may save you money because if your animal's getting sick all the time when yes. you're switching dog food brands, you're probably going to save money from vet bills. Right. Exactly. Yep. It's like when you have a leaky sink and you know, everyone has that paint sink in their basement that's like always kind of dripping. And yep. uh, <laughs> it's like, are you going to spend 50 bucks for a new tap or are you just going to let it drip and now your water bills are high? So yeah, it's more expensive than one month's bill, right. but it's less expensive than three months, yeah. right? And so you're going to save that money. So I, I don't know. It's it's always good to make investments uh, when you know you're going to have to do it anyway, right? Yeah. So yeah. Um, we're getting close to the end here, which is sad, but crazy. So maybe we can talk about, do you, what are, what's your vision? Because now that I know how recently you took over this company, um, do you have any plans um, for the future on maybe different services to provide? Um, you're a year in or so, is it a little over a year? Over Just over yeah. a year. So that's a huge accomplishment. It's probably the scariest year um, after for, for me, because we're going into year five, 2020 will be five years for us. Um, for me, year one was the scariest, but the most exciting. So you, you could push through those long hours and, and the craziness and the running back and forth. Year two, you start to get a little bit more tired, but you're still excited and uh, it's a little less scary. Year three was my hardest year. It was our best year we've ever had in, in terms of like, because obviously our costs were lower, but our profits were high. Uh, now, as because we're so busy, profits are are high, but our expenses are way higher. Mm -hmm. So it's not as good as it technically was in year three. So there's new challenges that come up. And so we have now a, on year five, we're going to build a five year plan to get us to year 10. Mm -hmm. So I'm seeing maybe if there's something for you guys that you've thought of as a first year business, you know, getting to year three or getting to year five. Is there anything like that? Yeah, for sure. I think, um, you know, for us, it's introducing the dog training. We, um, we opened, you know, we took over the business and it was strictly grooming and boarding. And, you know, Leah and I sat down and we thought, you know, when we're maxed out with those things, you know, how do we, how do we expand? How do we bring more revenue in? And I mean, it's pretty much a no brainer to just start offering dog training. This is something that really is the root, I think, of everything and how it all started. Um, you know, I've been a professional dog trainer for a number of years, and I work with service dogs, drug detection, mind detection, police and military dogs, search and... I'm training my uh, German Shepherd right now for search and rescue. So it's more than so sit and speak. It's, uh, yeah, a little little bit more than <laughs> sit, cool. boo-boo, sit, right? But, um, you know, but it's, it's really my passion, my drive. Like, I just... There's nothing that, you know, I'd say besides, you know, my children, there's really nothing that brings me more 
happiness and you know it's just fills my bucket you know every day um, I just completed a, a pet safety course through St. John's Ambulance. So, you know, I'm, I'm doing, you know, seminars for, for different kind of like, I just did a Schutzen training seminar, which is, you know, like protection dogs and different things. So for me, it's like, I feel like I'm like a kid in a candy store most days, you know, it's just something that I really love. So to open that up, to our customers is is huge because we're there dealing with their dogs. We see them in, in grooming and boarding, and and now to be able to to offer this service is is really you know makes it full circle. Very cool. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. So where can people find you, location and on the web? So we are seventy eight Martindale Road in St. Catharines. We're located um, close to the Lincoln County Humane Society, just down the road. And uh, they can find us on the website. Leah, I'll let you. Uh, martindale.ca. Martindalekennels.ca, sorry. Yeah, make sure. <laughs> We're going through uh, a website change. I can't say what the new website is because I don't want people going on it until it's live. But uh, I've made that mix up a couple times because the past few months I've been working on this new website. And I keep telling people it's X dot com instead of dot ca because currently it's dot ca yeah. but the new website's going to be a dot com address so i keep messing that up which is devastating so <laughs> Yes, and we also have our page on Facebook um, and Instagram, which Renee does an amazing job posting, um, and our staff actually have gotten involved. Um, We have a lot of before and after pictures of our grooming clients um, and our boarding clients as well. Um, So we, and it's, you know what, it helps with people that are away, especially the ones that are away for a long time. We post pictures of their dog. They get to see how good they're doing. Uh, So we try to keep in touch with our clients as much as we can, because it's hard for them to leave. We compare it to leaving your child at daycare. (laughs) I had a woman come in today who was literally, her dog isn't coming till January. And she came in today to talk about it because she's so nervous about it. I said to her, we joke that a lot of times the people are more nervous than the dogs. Um, But once they get used to our routine, the dogs settle in and it's all good. So... You had something to say, sir? Well, sorry? no, I was just, I'm, I'm jump, trying to jump in on her point, but it's, we laugh because, you know, the owners, it's always harder on, on the owners, 100%, you know, but, um, and usually a lot of the times they, they have trouble leaving and I say to them, as soon as you walk out the door, your dog's going to come with me. And it's exactly right. You know, it's like daycare, your kid's crying their eyes out as soon as the parent leaves, like, okay, what game are we playing? What are we doing? Let's yeah. go. You know, we just take it right from there. So, and, and, and being in touch, like, I think it is really important because, you know, these are, like I said, these are family members. So when you're, you know, in Italy or wherever you are in the world and you want to, you know, see how your pet is doing and know your pet is okay, you know, like I said, we have, and we just posted some amazing pictures of, um, we have some Niagara Dog Rescue Dogs available. If there's ever a dog available for adoption, it will say NDR. I've started to also add adoptable to the picture just so people know. Um, if it doesn't say anything, then that's just one of our clients' dogs. But, but yeah, if you check out our Facebook and Instagram, you could quite possibly meet your best friend. That's cool. And, uh, you know, I don't have a kid or a dog, but I'm sure uh, from some of my friends who have both, they have an easier time leaving their kids. So. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> 
<laughs> anyway, thank you very much for being here. Thank you. I appreciate it. It's been a lot of fun. I learned a lot, uh, and it almost made me want to adopt, but we'll see. It might, my girlfriend's been trying to convince me for years, so uh, maybe when we have a, a big enough house, we'll do that. Let us know when you're ready. Yeah. We, we uh, 100% I will. <laughs> yeah, no, and you guys are in a great location, so it's, uh, it's awesome. Everyone, you are listening to Above the Mug, a podcast for positive people, joined today by the owners of Martindale Kennels and Grooming, Renee Morrow and Leah Cote. Thank you very much for being here, and we will see you guys next week. Hey, friend. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Above the Mug. For more episodes, check us out at AboveTheMug.com. Make sure to like, share, subscribe, review, comment, tag your friends. This way you're not the only person listening to this thing. We come up with a brand new podcast every Sunday at noon, so we'll see you next week on Above the Mug. Above the Mug.